0: Can uh, every devotee
1: who has second initiation be considered as Brahmāna, or the real Brahmāna is only he uh, performs brahmanical activities like preaching or deity worship?
0: Brahma janatiti brahmana, one who knows the absolute truth is an actual brahmana. Janmanajayate is shudra, everyone is born like a shudra, it means without any qualification. Sanskara Bhavet dvīja, <coughs> by uh, by having the initiation ceremony, one is known as a dvīja, which is a synonym for a brahmana. Um, then uh, Veda parted Vipra. The and then uh, initiate, or actually the Upanayanam ceremony for, to, by which one is inducted as a Brahman is supposed to be followed by study of the Vedas. And when one has studied the Vedas, one is called a Vipra, which is another synonym for a Brahmana. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and when one actually knows the Absolute Truth, one is called a Brahman. A Vaishnava is more than a Brahman. So a Vaishnava who serves Krishna in any way is the is the best of Brahmana. A Brahmana a a, 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 a devotee initiated as a brahmana who carries out the garbage for Krishna is he may be a better devotee than the one who's engaged in archae. Not necessarily, but maybe Prabhupada told Jayananda Prabhu the Gayatri Mantras and Jayananda attended to pronounce them, Prabhupada was roaring with laughter and <laughs> 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 couldn't pronounce them. Danabeya Maharaj told me, this, this years ago, it must be 1976, he told me, that when he first came to the temple, he asked, you know, well, can you tell me something about Krishna consciousness? And they really didn't know much about it. They said, you'd better see Jayananda, who was the temple president and probably the only Singh person in the temple. So I said, okay, so Dan, as he was known as that time, said, uh, so, well, where can I find him? Where is he? He said, well, this time he must be out in the back taking out the garbage. So I went out the back and saw Chayana taking out the garbage. He looked completely blissful. And Dan asked him, that, well, how are you so happy? So said, well, I don't, know, don't think about it too much. Hey, take this garbage, help me carry it out. So he immediately engaged him in it blissful devotional service. This was also about 1976, in, and he told me this in 1976, approximately, in Bhaktivedanta Mana. And uh, at that time, there was, there was one devotee living there who was very soft-spoken, very cultured, very grammatical by nature, womanly prabhu. <coughs> so he told me that one day, the town president asked him to take out the garbage. Which wasn't expected of him. That was because you know he was a senior devotee and well-respected and very brahminical by nature. So Bhoomadeepa Bhattacharya said, okay. And then said, it's all right. You don't have to take it up. I just wanted to see if you were a brahmin or a mason. These are some anecdotes which may shed some light on this question. <laughs> what do you think
1: about Prabhus who are <laughs> taking Mataji's not so much seriously, actually less seriously than Prabhus? For example, they are hiding away sweets (coughs) from them. (coughs) They don't want to share sweets with them. (coughs) They're hiding it from them? It says here.
0: you elaborate on that? Yeah, they are hiding. They don't want. Oh, they want the women to control their senses. <laughs> but they will not control their senses. <laughs> sounds rather strange. No, obviously the prasad should be shared out fairly. That's just, uh, sounds like they're, uh, greedy to enjoy prasad. So we should always remember that we are to honor prasad the, the, Prabhu means we're not the Prabhu of prasad devotees shouldn't think I am Prabhu they should always think I'm servant of all the devotees it's a mistake to think that the devotees in women's bodies are in any way less than those in male bodies although there's some social difference in behavior we have to respect all devotees uh, if we if we think that women are meant to be insulted instead of respected then that will be the cause of our fall down here's, here's another anecdote this was about probably 1975 in the famous Berry Place Temple in London which is remembered with great affection by whoever had the fortune to live in live there ridiculously overcrowded. In, in the um but TJ from that. I was just thinking of the Brahmacharya minute. Yeah, he was just recalling some stories about that at the Lithuania Festival. And he, he, he said, Well we, we only had two small rooms <coughs> for fifty Brahmacharis. Th- I said, Two? I said, well that includes the shower room, <laughs> doubled as a residence. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very blissful temple. It was mostly Brahmacharis, but one floor was given to the <coughs> Brahmacharis. And it was very. I mean, it was a very restricted space. It was completely illegal. Eventually, the local council they uh, took action and, and said that you could only keep a restricted number of people there. And then we had to move. So the Brahmin were all engaged in deity worship. Brahmin Chinese. Chinese. One, one Brahmin uh, otherwise, it was all Brahmin Chinese doing the, the deity worship. So brahmacanis and Brahmachani, even though they were living very <clears throat> physically close together okay. there was no misbehavior or any thought of that and although we didn't really speak about the matajis very much there was there was a there was an unspoken uh, respect for them for these uh, wonderful I mean, the, that temple the, the leader was Ishvara, mm-hmm. and everyone really was focused on the deities, then, um, then one time one sannyasi came uh, to stay for some days, and he started giving these really heavy classes about women, they're all liar, and then at the end of one really heavy class, one of the brahmacharis asked, well, are we supposed to respect women as our mothers? He said, no. <laughs> <laughs> you see them as tigresses coming to suck your blood <laughs> <laughs> so out of respect no one protested but actually we didn't feel very happy about that because we didn't think like that well sh- shortly after he left London temple um, he actually fell from the sannyas Falls and got married Unfortunately, but you know, so <coughs> that, that was uh, probably a result of his you know imbalanced attitude. So this kind of thing that say oh the women they don't they shouldn't have any sweets. It's it's I don't know if anyone's doing that, but maybe they are because you're saying so. But, uh, it's some it seems to somewhat of an offensive mentality. But, that uh, elevated male body you have, you're a female body. Anyway, what's the next question?
1: What standard Prabhupada for using musical instruments during kirtan?
0: Well, I don't think Prabhupada ever sat down and wrote a book about this. But he gave different directions at different times. And I've written a book based on what Prabhupada has said, what he's done, and what are the traditional standards. The traditional instruments for kirtan and those which are uh, part of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's transcendental paraphernalia, <coughs> eternal transcendental paraphernalia are kartals and madambha. So for our temple kirtans, these are the standards. Srila Prabhupada specifically said that harmonium should not be used for kirtan. Then he also played harmonium sometimes, but uh, not in, at least not in arti kirtan, I mean, sitting down. What we what in this we call bhajan, although it's also kirtan. So, uh, in the early days of course, Prabhupada encouraged devotees, just, they, there were, many of them were coming just as a kind of musical experience and so, in the hippie days and they played all kinds of things. At least the temple standard should be Madanga cartels. Outside for public programs, then other instruments may be used. Although uh, cartels in Madanga have their special charm. One thing I don't very much like is in the last few years it's become almost a standard in this going to happen. Kids said these African drums. <laughs> they, they give a strong beat, but they're not, they're not Madhur, Modhur, Modhur Bhajan. They're not sweet like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dia It's it's more like it gives a kind of techno rock. Boom, 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 boom. Something like that. So anyway, there's some thoughts, not a definitive answer. There isn't a definitive answer because different different uh, considerations apply in different circumstances, but there are general danglements. That was a <coughs> yeah.
1: Please ask. Do you could please explain different uh, stages of consciousness, like anamaya,
0: pranamaya, pranamaya, etc.? Well, that's explained in that Prabhupada in Bhagavad Gita, which is, I think, the only place Prabhupada mentions it in the The first stage is one when, when, which is just uh, concerned with food then it's anamayana, then pranamayana, then one become, becomes uh, aware of other persons also. Then uh, gyanamaya is... Or persons or other living beings, not just... Yeah. And Jnanamai when one is interested in knowledge, yeah, I then uh, big <coughs> which means uh, realization of the difference between spirit and matter, and Ananda may be situated in one's uh, original blissful <coughs> spiritual position. This is mentioned in one of, in Chandogya or one of the Upanishads.
1: I heard that the deities of Gornitai should not be placed higher than Radha Krishna. No. Is it the same rule true also for picture of Radha Krishna, like? For example, here in the temples. and in many temples,
0: yeah, actually it's true that uh, Kanyaite they don't they don't stand on top of Radha Krishna, they stand below. They they're not happy to in that like that. So it's uh, it's easy to understand. They have taken the position of worshiping Radha Krishna, so then yeah, they should be placed below or even on the altar where there's Radha Krishna. They, they, they could be placed on the same level or just not have a picture of Radha Krishna there at all. That's also so quite, we put any... Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that
1: he created for Varnas. Is there also any mention
0: somewhere that Krishna created also for Ashamas? Um well not specifically that he created them, but it's it's implied and understood because uh everywhere throughout Shastra it's mentioned about Varna and Ashram. Um, and how well in the Bhagavatam it describes about the uh the different varnas and ashrams. So, it's understood that they are, they are completely intertwined. They, they exist, they coexist. But first consideration is, uh, well, it depends which perspective you're taking from, the, but uh, the first consideration is varna, then it can be considered about ashram. Therefore it's called varnashram. If you wanted to put if the two words had to go alphabetically, then it should be ashram varna dharma. It's called varnashram. First varna has is ascertained, then there's question of ashram. So if Krishna says that he's created the Varna, then it's understood that ashram. Not only Varna, but there's there there's so many other considerations, not just ashram. There's Britti, each Varna has its its vritti or its uh, occupation or means of livelihood. And uh, each varna has its dharma or its particular. Here in this context, dharma means the particular uh, method of action of each varna. Method of action, duties. duties. But, But only varna is mentioned and everything else is understood. In this context. In Guru Vashtakam it is said, in each sloka
1: I offer my respectful obeisances to the lotus feet of my spiritual master. So the question is, should we uh, meditate while chanting these uh, prayers, not only on our spiritual
0: master, but also uh, the whole Guru param? Yeah, well, I just spoke on this this morning. I, I, just, I, we went through the whole song. And in, it's it's written, all the verses are written with the uh, grammatical ending asya. Lolu pasya. Tasya. Kintu kukoya kriya deva. Tasya. Shivadi ka madhaviyarapara. Madhurya lila guna rupa nam, What's the? Khatikshan Lolu pasya. So it means of he who, who has, in each case it's offering respect to the guru who has, or the lotus feet of the guru who has these qualities. <coughs> so that applies to all gurus who have those qualities. Some more questions, Dashyantanski? Well, there's no other questions. Then... You have something? No? All right. <laughs> I have
1: one question now.
0: Yeah, please
1: ask. Related to, to the question uh, regarding the picture of Radha and Krishna standing below Gornitai, mm. and just explain to, to my mind what about Lord Nusintadet and Shalagrash? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. All the same category. Because Gornitai have placed, them wo- placed themselves as worshippers. It's not, the not worshipped by Oh, there's a spelling mistake. Can I make a note of that in case for the next edition? <coughs> Can will make a page? On page 40. <coughs> some, just make a note and, and convey it to whoever, to BDT. Punya Pala. I
1: guess.
0: He says, Gopinath Onath, should be Anath. The second from last, last from last. Anath Hadeki amore should be. It isn't Onath, should be Anath. Well, we can sing this. We don't sing this often. It's...
1: Here are some more
0: questions. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <coughs> what are the reasons for Gramacari to change his ashram? When theoretically he understands everything, like.
0: That uh, yeah, is only theoretical. That is the
1: word. Should we cook in a Vedic style? Is it possible to prepare some local preparations for the deities? if we can make them very nicely?
0: Well, uh, from what I can see of Prabhupada, well, he, he wanted to introduce the what we call the Vedic style. He took the trouble to teach his disciples how to cook like that. And on the whole, it seems he didn't very much like local preparations, even if they were very nicely cooked according to the local taste. That is my observation. Mm-hmm. I remember one godmother telling me in one temple for the noonday offering they, they were offering, what was it? A big lump of fried cheese with some tomato sauce. On top of it. <laughs> that was the noonday offering. <laughs> so you're saying, go on and diamond uh, <laughs> <laughs> Turn around and run off. <laughs>
1: Should we, uh, be, be, uh, how to say, it? have a self-esteem or is it a certain
0: manifestation of false ego? Self-esteem. <coughs> you should think good of yourself.
1: Oh, so you tell me that. who
0: teaches that? <coughs> he charges you five hundred dollars to teach yourself to look in the mirror and say I love you. Who's <laughs> <laughs> uh, that? Robbins. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. <laughs> well, our Vaishnav philosophy is that Jagai Madhai hoite Muito to papishtra purise kito hoite muhi se logishtra, jay nam shune Tara punna khoi, jay mora nam loi Tara pāpa khoi, which means that uh, I am more simple than and Madhai and more insignificant than the worms in stool. Anyone, simply by hearing my name, and someone who hears my name, their pious activities diminish. And anyone who says my name becomes sinful. So this is our self-esteem. <laughs> this is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught us. I was just listening to a class by Gopi Puranadana Prabhu, who uh, translated this Prihat Bhagavatamata, which takes us from a journey to the material world, step by step, all the way up to Vrindavan. So he was analyzing that the, the qualification for entering Vrindavan is utter humility. So this self-esteem, I am very great, that is what is required for a demon to operate in this world, thinking that I am great. A devotee should have confidence, not self-confidence, but confidence that I am at the lotus feet of Krishna and I have to serve him. I have to act as within this world for his pleasure. A devotee's humility is not that he crutches in the corner and doesn't talk to anyone and feels shy. He can be very powerful, preach the message of Krishna. That is his humility to follow the order of Krishna. To mm-hmm. preach this topic is just, is actually several of these topics about Brahmanas and Vaishnavas and the humility of a, of an aggressive preacher. These mm-hmm. are discussed in uh, two of the many topics discussed in detail by Srila and Saswantaka, which are, which are mm-hmm. going to be featured in my book, which is coming out soon. You see,
1: people, yesterday you spoke the devotee should see all living beings as friends. Sometimes on the street uh, during book distribution are people nasty, so I have problem to Mm. see them as friends. Could you uh, enlighten me how to
0: overcome this problem? Yeah, well, it it requires uh, spiritual advancement. If you want to know (coughs) more about this, you should study the, the book distribution techniques of of veteran book distributors. Oh. Vijay Prabhu, Bhagupati Prabhu, there are several. Uh, Vaiseshika, right. Nidra, and so on. So, uh, their technique, they don't really have any technique. They just approach people with the desire to give them proper books. And they don't get upset. <coughs> Whatever anyone says to them. Once Vijay, uh, someone described how. Vijay Prabhu's some he was sitting at a book table. In America, they often set up book tables at universities, and people come and look, and they preach, them and they buy books. So someone's describing how someone someone walked up very aggressively, said, "Well, I'm a Christian, and I don't believe in all these things." And about three minutes later, he walked away with a book. <laughs> so I asked Vijay, well, what did you say to me? He said, well, you know, I just remained relaxed. I said, oh, you're a Christian, that's nice. I read the Bible too. <laughs> so he said, well, we're not trying to convert you. But, you know, there's always something more to learn. And, you know, there's many many Christians, committed Christians, are reading these books also. So, you can also take one, have a look at it, see what it's about. And he was just so pleasant <coughs> in the face of the Christian's nastiness that it disarmed him. There's a word to disarm someone. It means that by your, by your, to, when you disarm someone, it, well it literally means to take the gun from their hand, but it has a, another meaning that they, the, their aggressive attitude is changed by the the uh, friendly uh, attitude of the person he's being aggressive to. So, there's an example. And you just think, well, you know, this, uh, I mean, the person being aggressive to you, think, well, you know, he's like that because he's suffering so much, actually. It's not him, it's the covering on his soul. So it is difficult, no doubt, but if you can, can remain calm when someone's being nasty to you, then, uh, that is a, that is a sign of spiritual advancement, which, you know, it might
1: take some time to develop. Did you meet Shlaghur Maharaj and could you tell something about him?
0: Yeah, a few times. I got uh, some inspiration from him. That's a At one time I was in Bhubanesha because I used to go to that area quite a lot for <coughs> my research on Shiva Bhatista and Saswar Thakko. So, um, one time I was in Bhubanesha and the... the um, the local Padhyatra, they used to organize local Padhyatra, you know, <clears throat> in different parts of Orissa. So, he came back that day, <inaudible> in, right back after being out after a month, and he invited me up with him to speak something. And uh, he also had one of his disciples from England come and speak, and he spoke in Orya, which was very impressive to me. I mean, I also speak two Indian languages, but... I never thought, well, so many others could do that also. So he had quite a few Western devotees there, and he was was sending them out for preaching, and it's very effective for preaching in India to have Western devotees, especially if they speak some local language. So that was part of the reason I started coming to the West, actually. I didn't used to come to the West. I used to stay in India all the time. He thought if some... uh, if some devotees from the West can come and preach in India, that will be very good for... We, we should have more devotees from the West preaching in India. Prabhupada in 1971 said they should send 500 devotees. That's a, what We had, to... had about a thousand devotees in the world, huh? <laughs> uh, So much. To... Anyway, I travel around in the West and I don't... You know, I canvas in the temples for devotees... To go to India, but it sometimes happens that some of kind of you know loose, and they don't know what they're doing, and they're kind of floating around.
1: <coughs>
0: <coughs> so sometimes, oh, they you know they've been doing service for some years, and now they're like at a crossroads in their life or something like that. So this time, some devotees come and join our little preaching mission. So that was one time. That is some specific uh, inspiration i got from him. I see there were two prominent themes in his preaching, uh, of which one nowadays is, is quite missing. He would speak on what we would say high topics of Krishna consciousness, which is not forgotten. That's propagated quite widely. But he presented it, that this is our worshipable goal. He, he, did, he didn't indulge in telling, you know, very intimate details. But he also, at least as much, preached very strongly on giving up all material attachments and becoming actually pure devotees. And this is the qualification to. <clears throat> He's saying, look, this is the highest goal. But look where you are. You've got, you know, you've got to give up all that nonsense and go there. But it seems that nowadays they, you know, they just remember this part and they forgot that part. Another thing, he very much exhorted his, his disciples to stay in Islam. But, uh, you know, many of them, after he left, thought that you know, we need to get the highest thing we, uh, so they, uh, didn't stay in Islam. So I, I see he's much misunderstood, misunderstood by many people who claim to be his followers. Why the living
1: entity, uh, when is in the spiritual world, starts to not wanting to serve Krishna, although the spiritual world is uh, blissful and
0: service of Krishna, why does the living entity form the material? Is this the most answered question? <laughs> the living entity has minute independence. If he uses that properly, he loves Krishna. But love means voluntary. Therefore, the uh, possibility of the fact that it's voluntary means that it's the possibility of um, going the other way, choosing something else. If that possibility is there, is not there, then the living entity is just a machine and there's no real love. So the possibility of misuse of independence presupposes that some may misuse it. This is how I repeatedly explained it. I'm just giving a summary. The spiritual world is perfect. Krishna conscious is perfect. But the Jiva has the possibility to act in a less-than-perfect manner, therefore is called tathastashakti. It means no. on the borderline. can go this way or that way. <coughs> it's difficult to understand why we want to reject Krishna, but here we are. This is the evidence. How to
1: train the mind so that it doesn't rebel against service to Krishna?
0: Page ninety. <laughs> this is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Hare, Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembly of the All glories to Srila Prabhu.